Hello everyone, this is episode 733 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, August 14th, 2020. I'm your host, Mark Krishnez, and today I'll be talking about Metamorphosis, Feria, <laughs> Ambassador, Fractured Timelines, and Spitleans. But before I get to all that I've been playing, there was a bit of news that caught my eye. The most prominent piece of news would be the delay of Halo Infinite, which is, I guess, sad that it's not going to be there for the Series X launch. The Series X, of course, is not being delayed. Anyone who thought that was going to happen is a crazy person. But Halo Infinite was delayed to fix it up, make it prettier, I guess. Probably so it'll launch with ray tracing and all that jazz. But that is a big blow to the Series X launch, even though it's going to be launching on Xbox One as well. And now you look at their launch lineup and what do they have? I guess they have nothing. They have Game Pass. But I believe the Medium is supposed to be a launch game and there are a few other ones. But yeah, the thing is, people are acting like the PlayStation 5 has this incredible launch lineup. When all we really know is Spider-Man Miles Morales, which there are still rumors about it being on PS4 as well. But outside of that, I don't know a single exclusive game that is there for the launch, for the launch day. Not launch window, but even launch window. Like There are people who think Ratchet and Horizon are going to be launch games. They are not. And they are not even going to be launch window games. So I don't know why people think the PlayStation 5 is stacked for their launch lineup. It's not. We don't know the launch lineup for either of these consoles. As it stands, neither console has given us a reason to purchase either of them. You know, I like Spider-Man Miles Morales will probably be good for people who like Spider-Man. But it's going to be just more of the same. I Even though it's a standalone thing, I think it's just going to feel like a DLC pack or just like, you know, it's not going to feel like a true sequel, but I think after a point, and that point being Spider-Man 2 and PlayStation 1, Spider-Man games just were always more of the same. You're never in a new city, so you're just always in New York. You're not doing anything different. You're just swinging around, doing small crimes, stopping muggins, stopping robberies, doing car chases, and then you have your set piece action sequences in the form of your story missions and all that jazz. You'll probably do some stupid collecting crap. Like, Marvel Spider-Man, Insomniac's Spider-Man, was a good game. And a great Spider-Man game, I guess. No, I I don't guess. It was probably the best Spider-Man game that has ever come out. However, it was just another Spider-Man game. I've reiterated this point Countless times. I don't understand why people love the game so much. And maybe it's because it being the best Spider-Man game to them is an amazing game. Because they think Spider-Man games are fantastic. But I I get tired of it. Like I, I didn't think the combat was the best. Didn't like the stealth missions. The story was good. But I enjoyed the story of Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 2, both Tom Holland movies. Or at least... The second one, I'm kind of iffy about, but I really enjoy the story of Homecoming in large part because I think Michael Keaton was a great bad guy. 
But yeah, I just I look at the launch for both these consoles and I think anyone who's really paying attention should know and realize that you don't need either of these consoles. You don't. You can wait. However much they end up costing, you can wait. It's fine. I'm going to get a Series X at launch because I like Xbox. It is my platform of choice because I like the controller. My game library is primarily there. And I just want to be able to play my games, the vast majority of my games, in the best way possible. And that will be on the Series X. Even games that don't get upgraded, they will have you know some improvements over performance. You know, that's all I care about. And at this point, with both consoles, we just need to get the launch date, the release date, not the launch date, the release. Same thing, the launch date, the price, and all that jazz. What I want out of an August event from Xbox is. The announcement of the Series S, because we all know it's a thing at this point. The price, the release date, and I want them to talk about returning to backward compatibility. Because I, I'm fully confident that they will return to bringing games. How many more games? Or any of that kind of jazz? I have no idea. But when they stopped doing it for Xbox One, the wordage made it sound like we are putting this on hold, essentially, so that we can make sure... All the games that currently work on Xbox One will work on the Series X. And as we get near to launch, and at this point I would like to believe that they are at that point pretty much, that they will start adding more games to backward compatibility from both the original Xbox and the 360 era. And I would like to see them find a way of bringing back delisted digital games because there was, I guess... I don't know if it's an error. What the hell was going on? But I think it was August 2nd. I missed it. I didn't see it for like a week later. And it was long gone at that point. But apparently there were like a dozen or so, maybe two dozen previously delisted games in the States that were available to purchase 360 games that were available to purchase via the Xbox One console. You can purchase it on the website. You couldn't purchase them on your 360, but they were available on the Xbox One store. This included games like Fuel, which I liked enough, despite how boring it could be, but it was a peaceful type of game. But one of the more prominent ones was Deadly Premonition, which is delisted in the States, but you can purchase it in like the United Kingdom and stuff like that. And apparently I heard someone uh, talking about it that it is pricey to get a physical copy of that. I, I own it physically, but I, I for me, all the backward compatible games, if I can get a digital version of it and it's not ridiculously priced, then I will do that. But they also had Tom Clancy's Hawks, which was priced at like $60, I guess. But there were quite a few games that were there and I'm bummed I missed out on it if it was actually working. But at the same time, I look at that and I'm thinking, well, does that mean they are working behind the scenes to try and get some of these games available for purchase again? Even if it's just through the Xbox One store specifically, or just like, I guess, the Xbox store on Xbox One and Series X will probably be the same thing, because I think it's the same, they're using the same UI and all that jazz, so I'm assuming it's just going to be the same. 
But if that is something they're working on, that'll be pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, Halo Infinite delayed the launch of the consoles. Just tell me the goddamn price already and give me a release date. I don't even care about the release date. Just give me the price. Just do it. And there, there are rumors that are saying that the, the PlayStation 5 could definitely be 600 or higher, which seems crazy to me. I can't, I can't believe that is actually... like The fact that there are rumors and people who are credible saying that they, they could do that blows my mind. But I, I don't think there's any way. I don't, I don't think there's any way the main consoles, the PS5 and the Series X, are not the exact same price. But, uh, yeah. On top of that, we also got news about Control and what they're doing in terms of smart delivery or trying to give you a path to upgrading to the PS5 and Series X version of Control. And they're not doing smart delivery or anything like that. In order to get the next-gen version of the game, you'll have to purchase the Ultimate Edition, which comes out, I think, later this month for PC and then in September for PS4 and Xbox One. And it will cost... $40 $40 and include all the DLC. And it's it's kind of shitty. The the real bummer is that uh, like it would be nice if there was a way to upgrade it for people who already bought the game and all the DLC for say 20 bucks. And then you have the the ultimate edition that is $40 for people who maybe just bought the base game and didn't get any of the DLC. And that's the, why I'm not as upset because I didn't end up buying the DLC, which is in large part because I'm on Xbox. I didn't have a way to purchase the the DLC earlier. There wasn't like a, a thing with a season pass right away. And as they've released the DLC slowly or like whatever, a few months later on Xbox One, I'm just like, I'll wait until it's all out. And at this point, I'll just get the Ultimate Edition so that I have all the DLC and the next gen version. But if the if the ultimate edition includes a brand new set of achievements, then shit, man, everyone nobody cares anymore. Everyone will be super happy, right? That's how it works. But that that's a bit of a bummer, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's it in terms of news and all that jazz. So I played a few games, as I mentioned earlier, including Metamorphosis, which is inspired by the Franz Kafka story about the man named Gregor turning into a bug and I found this game oddly compelling I didn't know how I was going to feel about it uh, but uh, the way it works is that it's, it's all in first person you start off the game as Gregor in his human form and you're like what's going on blah 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 you're in your room and then you quickly through a few just repetitive actions and and returning to your room twice you turn into your full bug form and the rest of the game is a first person platformer puzzle game and i really like it i think the voice acting is really good when you turn into the bug form the modulation and filters they put on your voice sound really good and I think the story is interesting. Like it, it's fun in in both of the worlds that you are exploring, because part of the the game you are exploring the regular world with giant humans around you and doing things to either get them to notice you 
or just navigating their spaces and trying to find a way to get through them and, and, and get them, the humans, to do things that will open up paths to you. Uh, and there, there was one situation where I think I could have reached this top area by lowering this lamp and then making the one part of it angle higher so that I can climb up. But instead, because I fell off that thing when I tried to do it, I went onto this piece of bread and then this cop ate me but then was choking on me and spit me out to the level that I needed to get to. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I thought maybe that'd be cool if that could happen, but I wasn't expecting it to happen. And I don't know how many cases there are where there are multiple ways to get to an area. And I don't even know if that was a multiple, like maybe the lamp thing was never going to work in the first place. But there's also the bug area, which is just like, you know, underground areas and all that jazz. And in those, you're just exploring the world. You're talking to bugs. There was this town I got to, and I was disappointed. Maybe I missed it, but I really wish there was a band in the town, in like this bar area, performing that was just made up of different Beatles. So there could have been, you know, high quality pun work in there. But I like it. I think as a first person platformer, it feels surprisingly good. It is very forgiving. If you say, miss a jump and fall to your death the restart is instant pretty much which is always like i love that after playing anthem where the load times are fucking atrocious being able to die and then just restart at a fairly close checkpoint very very good the feeling of being a bug is like i i genuinely felt like a bug in part you see like your little i don't know your leg, I guess you'd call them your legs, but I feel like they're different things you'd call your legs. Like talons are the, no, what are talons? Are those teeth things? But like with a beetle, your mouth thing, is that the mandible? I don't know all these words. I'm, I'm confusing everything in my head. But uh, I don't know what kind of bug you are. You can't climb up. I, I mean, I assume you're a beetle, but you can't climb up surfaces unless you walk into a sticky substance and then you have a certain amount of it to use before it all runs out which is a nice little mechanic in there but it seems like the majority of bugs that you run into are of the ant variant there are different bugs as well but it seemed like a lot of them took on a, like an ant look and the like the humans and the bugs don't look that great it's a realistic but stylized look very reminiscent of we happy few so you have hyper-realistic colors and it's like there's a plasticky look to everything in the world, which really looks great for the environments, but the bugs don't look the best and the people are okay. I mean, the, the people are kind of gross, which in a way works when you're this bug who is in your own way gross, but... You know, it takes its liberties with the story. You know, it's very much inspired by it and not just like a direct adaptation of Metamorphosis. But I put a few hours into it. I'm I'm really liking it. You know, it can be frustrating at times. And there are, there are points where I'm like, wait, what do I do? But I eventually figured things out. And it it's like there, there, there was this one thing where I had to get to a music box to get into it. And like anything that has like a spinning thing you can lock in place and then spin it to activate it or to move it so i had to activate the music box and 
I it was on this object that for whatever reason, even with the substance on my feet, I could not climb up it. So I had to find a way to get into it. And I'm like, what do I do? I can't. It's too far for me to jump. I'm like, oh, what am I thinking? I can use the sticky substance to climb onto the ceiling of this desk and then fall on top of the the music box. And that's how I did it. You know, it took me a little while to figure that out, but there are other puzzles like that which was like, oh, what where, where what do I have to do here? And when you figure it out, it's a little bit of rewarding. A little bit of rewarding. Metamorphosis. Surprisingly a good time. And the story has me interested. There are a lot of bugs to talk to. Some of them have garbage to say. You shouldn't even listen to them. But I am digging Metamorphosis. I think it's worth checking out. I believe it's $25. I'm playing this on Xbox One. I'm playing all these games on Xbox One. I think it has a launch discount of 10%, so it's $22.50 for however long. But uh, yeah, that is again Metamorphosis, and I, I believe it's on, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's on Switch, but I believe it's on PS4 and PC as well. Then I played Feria, which is a cardboard game, and I will do my best to try and describe how it works. So the the board itself it's a hexagonal grid based board game with a card drafting mechanic and the way it works is that you and your opponent are on opposite ends of this board essentially uh, and every one of your turns you will draft a card and you could you could get extra cards by doing certain like you will draft a card and then you will have a certain number of things you can do you will always start with 3 energy or whatever it is that you use to either to, to, to play cards and you can get more energy outside of that by putting troops next to these wells the the board has four wells and if you have a troop next to it you will gain an additional bit of energy every turn if you don't use all your energy for a turn it'll carry over like a lot of these games and then in addition to drafting your one card uh, and being able to place it or you can place however many you have in in accordance with how much energy you have you will be able to place two regular tiles one forested tile and forested tiles are required for certain troops that need uh, a certain amount of forested spaces in order to be placed or you can sacrifice your tile placement for additional energy an additional card and maybe something else but the way it works is that you have your two opposing here, like you and then the other person, their, their leader uh, on the other end, and you're trying to make your way to them and then kill them. That's the, the way you win the game is by killing them. And you can only place your troops on your tiles, the ones that you've placed, but then you can move on to other tiles and you can only do one movement at a time. And with the cards, it's it's a very straightforward type of card battling system where you have a health and attack number. When you attack a card, you will do however much attack you do, and they will attack you. Like, they will reciprocate. So regardless if you're attacking or being attacked, it will always be the same outcome. So regardless of who's attacking, damage will be done by both cards and health will be diminished to both cards. Um, 
you also have cards that will increase other cards' stats or make actions happen instantly and blah, 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 blah. It all comes together. It, it looks pretty good, too. It's got a nice look to it. And it all comes together to be a pretty satisfying experience. And they have both battles where you're just battling against another person or AI. Uh, I, I think there's multiplayer. But there are also puzzles that require you to beat the character, beat the opposing opponent in one turn and so on. And those are fun to play around with. The problem with the game is that it is 20 bucks. I think there is a fair amount of content there for the 20 bucks. But the amount of microtransactions do put me off a bit and make me think, why isn't this free to play? Even if what you get for your 20 bucks is substantial, the amount of microtransactions I'm seeing is is a bit disappointing. Though all the ones in store, in the in-game store, seem to be cosmetic. So you can get different avatars for your little crystal ball type thing that represents your persona. You can purchase different cosmetics for the holder that holds your avatar, your little crystal ball. You can get different card backs. You can get, I think, maybe different locations or something. Like, it's all cosmetic in-game, but then outside of the game, there is DLC for adding cards and stuff like that to the game. And what really bothers me about those is that you are paying, I think they're all like 10 bucks a piece, but you are paying 10 bucks for the privilege of adding these cards to the pool of cards you could get in the treasure packs you get from beating battles. I think they're called battle chests. And I, I really don't like that type of DLC where you pay for it, but you don't get it. You just have the opportunity the chance to get it in game that just feels especially shitty and i I think that's how like racing games do it or some racing games do it where it's like okay you've bought this dlc you don't get the cars you just now can purchase them with your in-game currency i'm like fuck you man you're gonna make me pay real money and then waste my in-game currency on this shit too get out of here but uh just looking at it as a game the gameplay itself i really like it it's super like, I don't think I did a great job of explaining it, but I think it's really easy to pick up and understand very quickly. It, it throws you through a few tutorial battles and then puzzles and then plays you or puts you up against a boss-type figure that destroys you and you're meant to be destroyed. So if, if it looks interesting, if you check it out, Faria, F-A-E-R-I-A, and it looks interesting, it's, it's worth checking out. I, I, I enjoyed it. And I think, I feel like there's a fair amount of content there for the $20 initial price. But then there's like a $10 pack that added, I think, 45 new puzzles. And like there's the packs that add new cards that you could get. And there was one that'll give you double XP and stuff like that. So there are a lot of microtransactions of varying sorts for the game, which is just a little bit off-putting when the game itself seems to be pretty solid. Then the Ambassador Fractured Timelines is a fantasy pixelated twin stick shooter, essentially, where you are going through these environments. You can slow down time with the left trigger, I believe, and you're basically just going into these areas and clearing them out of enemies. So there will be a certain number of enemies in there, and once you kill them all, you can go through the portal and go to the next area. You'll fight bosses as well, and you have 
two basic weapons. You have your magic using weapon, which has a certain number of charges and recharges over time. You don't like get any kind of um, pickup or anything that will provide you with more of that. You just have to wait for it to recharge if you use them all up quickly. And you have then your melee weapon, which will do melee if an enemy is up close or you will throw it at them and do damage. The thing that I kind of hate about it is that if you throw a weapon and you miss them, if the enemy walks through the path of it as the weapon is returning, it just goes through them. It doesn't do any damage on the return. It can only do damage on the way there. And that is a little bit disappointing because it would have been super satisfying to be able to at least take advantage of that if I missed an enemy but then got into the position that the weapon would return and hit them. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I missed them, but I got them on the return. But it's it's fine. Uh, it, it didn't do anything to... It wasn't doing anything that made me say, I, I need to keep playing this, but I wasn't not enjoying myself. I enjoyed it fine enough, but out of the other games I've been playing, like Metamorphosis or the, the last game I'll be talking about, it just didn't do anything to grab me in any particular way. And I don't know what it could do to do that. I, 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 you know, it could get more complicated as it goes on, but the hours so I put into it just felt pretty simple and straightforward. But uh, yeah, that is $15, I think, but that one is also on sale for the the launch window for $12 and that, that like $12 is a fine price and it, it could be something that's your jam. It looks good. I like I do like the pixel art of it. But the the last game I played was Spitlings and Spitlings is a single screen I guess you'd call it uh, not really a platformer but like an action arcade game and the way it works is that you are controlling one of these like little square blob things. And you have a limited amount of spits to spit. And what you can do with these spits is that you, you are just moving across the ground. There are blobs of mucus or whatever in a lot of these spaces. And, and everything happens on single screens. There's no scrolling in this game, which I do like. And there are these like blobs of mucus that you can travel through that you can just sort of like swim through and your goal is basically you're moving through like the the main world and every time you get to a new screen there'll be like this little like portal that is in the middle of the screen you shoot it and then you go through it and then you'll play through i think it's always three levels and then you get to like this giant blob which you destroy to unlock a new spitling and they're like gee man like 75 there are a crazy number of spitlings to play and there's also multiplayer modes and all that which is you know where you would use all these spitlings but you unlock the spitlings in this campaign mode but the way it works is that when you get into these portals and to these three different levels that you you go through to unlock new spitlings you are tasked with shooting these i guess they're like little blobs these little circle things and the bigger they are the the more hits they require not that they require more hits to die but that a big blob will then split into two smaller blobs and then you hit those blobs and they'll split into two smaller blobs until they're small enough that they are able to be destroyed completely. And if you run out of spit, you can find little spit pieces in the environments or you can hold down the B button in order to 
I don't know, hockaloogi in your mouth, just like the. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. I don't know why I thought making that sound would even be good. I, I immediately regretted it. But you build up some phlegm and spit and all that crap, and then you'll have some fresh spit to spit. But the way it works is that if you don't have any of that mucus or whatever around to swim through, you can shoot upwards. You can shoot your spit upwards, and it'll fall back, and you can catch it then, and it'll be back into your inventory of spit. And the way you know how much spit you have is that all these spit leans have their mouth showing, and the spit correlates to how many teeth they have in their mouth. So that's how you are able to track how much spit you currently have, which is a cool little way of showing you without having like a number on screen or anything like that. You just be like, oh, look at my teeth. It's especially good with the, the spit leans that have individual teeth. Some have like two giant buck teeth, like a, a rabbit. And you'll just see like one of the teeth like receding. And then the other one will start receding until they're completely gone. But it's a lot cooler with the ones that have a full set of teeth and you just see them disappearing one by one. But in addition to shooting your spit upwards, you can shoot it downward and that'll propel you up. And that's what allows you to jump in the air and move around the environment more freely, which uh, is cool. Like it's a very simple game. And the way the campaign works is just like very basic where you just go from screen to screen and then you enter these little spaces and you go through these levels and then you unlock new spit leans. But it is oddly satisfying, and I think it's I think it's satisfying because all these levels, all of like every time you are making progress or moving forward, you get into these new spaces. You play just a handful of levels. It's like, like I said, I'm pretty sure it's always three levels, and then at the end of each and every level, or at the end of each area, you get a new spitling. So you're always unlocking new spitlings. You can then change into it immediately there, uh, and yeah. I, I booted it up and I was like, oh, I'm just going to see what this is like. And then I just kept playing and playing and playing. And after a certain point, I'm like, I need to stop playing this. This is, this is, this is taking too much of my time right now. Cause I was just like, man, I just enjoy like getting all these new spitlings. I wonder what the next spitling will look like. And then I messed around with the arcade mode or like the, I think it's called party mode, which is basically just a handful of rooms with the the blobs in them and you can play those by yourself if you want or you can play them with other people and that's a fun thing like it's a fun little game with a unique idea in terms of how you move around the space and defeat enemies like spitting upward and downward simple but cool and fun and it's a i would imagine it's a, a fun party game and it'd be fun to just spit on my friends and their spit lanes there is also an editor that will be coming at some point, which should be nice because given that it is a single screen thing, I think it, it, the, the limitations of it could lead to very creative ideas. And I'm interested in seeing that. It's like uh, N++. It could be you know, cool in that sense. So I'm looking forward to playing more of that and messing around with the editor when that ever does come out. But um, yeah, that is... Spitlings, and I believe that one is $15 as well. So, yeah. A decent selection of games this week. Nothing I disliked, and I, I definitely would put Spitlings and Metamorphosis at the top. Feria is like at the top too, but just the microtransactions and all that jazz is something that 
did just kind of like, huh, huh. It, it, it made me pause. But the game itself was a good time. I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, that will do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Before all that, though, I just noticed this morning or late last night that Xbox has this ultimate game sale and they have a lot of games that I'm actually interested in and it's annoying me. I don't need to see a lot of games that I'm interested in. Kakarot is 40% off and I'm like, fuck it, man. I'm, I'm going to get Kakarot. And by I'm going to get Kakarot, I mean I bought Kakarot. So I'll be playing that soon, but I do still plan to play Pokemon Sword for the next Attack the Backlog game. I did finish Anthem and it was a fucking miserable time, but the writing of the script for that episode of attack the backlog felt so good it was such a satisfying release of all this pent-up frustration with the game because they're oh it's so disappointing like the thing about anthem 2 is that the entire time i was playing i'm like man this is just a bad version of destiny or monster hunter world or warframe warframe is a game i kept thinking about. i'm like this the way the shop and all that jazz works and your cosmetics and stuff, man, Anthem feels like it should have been a free-to-play game or something. I don't know. Or a significantly cheaper than $60 game. But it's just, I, I really had a horrible time with it. Surprisingly. I, but uh, there are a whole bunch of games in this sale that I'm like on the fence about. Because for me with sales, I look at 50% or more off if it's something I want. That, that's like when it hits 50% off, I'm like, yep, yeah, that's good for me. Unless I know the publisher or whatever has a history of dropping their games super cheap. And if it's 40% off and it's something I really, really, really want, then I'll usually buy it. And then if it's 30% off, I have to really, 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 really want it or know that the publisher isn't prone to going lower than that on a any kind of regular basis. Like Activision is someone who is questionable until like i am pretty sure sekiro has never gone cheaper than 30 percent off on xbox at least i'm I'm basing this entirely off of xbox sales but um 30 percent off is something that i look at and it's like either i really 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 like it or it's cheaper like 30 percent off 20 dollars and 50 percent off 20 dollars is not the same as 30 percent off 60 dollars and 50 percent like there's a bigger margin there but uh yeah that none of this matters but you should you should definitely check it out there are quite a few games on sale and some that are cheaper than they've ever been before and some that are at the point where it's like yeah i'll probably do this now like uh, the disney afternoon collection for the lion king and aladdin is finally 50 percent off and 15 bucks the Mega Man zx or whatever it is collection still only 25 percent off that surprises me and I think it might have even been cheaper at one point in the, in the past. But I'm waiting for that to hit 50% off. But uh, you should definitely check it out. I think Sony and PlayStation are doing a similar thing. So if you've had your eye on a game, it could very well be on sale. Because I looked and there's a shitload of things on sale. And some DLC that I've been waiting for to go on sale for a very long time. It's just like, this is a nightmare. I'm looking at all these things. I'm like, uh, why are there so many things this time? Why can't why can this just be an average ultimate sale? And I'm sure to some people it is very much so an average sale. But uh, yeah, I, I saw that Saints Row the Third Remastered is 30% off, and that's that's pretty tempting. 
might pick that up because I really want to play that. I should convince my friend to pick it up as well because I think that would be fun to play. Like, I was after seeing how much work they actually put into it and making it a real remake, and it's not just like a slight up res. Kind of, kind of interested in it. And that was back when Saints Row was still good. I, I think I still would put two as my top Saints Row game, but two and three are both fantastic. Then four, four is. I don't, four didn't add the superpowers, right? Or was it four that added the superpowers? And then Gata, like, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, anyway, that will really do it for this episode of the Pixelated Saucers Podcast. Once again. I am your host, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, Attack the Backlog, and Unamazingly Baka, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out my art on the site, and I do plan at some point to just repost older art. And I need to post, I have so much, so much new art that I just haven't posted on the front page or anything. But I think I'm going to start reposting old art too because I use the title everything is just like, okay, random nonsense, number one, number two, number three, number four. And I did a whole bunch of ones that were just like lines, number one, number two, number three, number four. And I think because this just makes more sense for me, these won't be any kind of descriptor of the piece itself. I just want to make every single one of my titles either a joke or a pun. And yeah, that's, that's, that's my plan moving forward. And I, I want to like relaunch my art on, on the main front page of the, the site with new punny titles. So that is fun. But if you do check out my art and you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash PXS and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye!